So if you guys are note takers, I have a title slide up here. I've titled this sermon, No Toppings Needed. Okay. I was just a little boy. I don't remember when it was, but I was a little boy the first time when I decided this thing would be my favorite. Do, do y'all have something that's like really your, like your favorite thing, right? Now I've got a lot of like favorite, you know, pastimes I really enjoy. Um, I, I've got some things I really enjoy doing. I got this favorite food. Come on now. Y'all think about that for just a minute, like something instantly came to your mind, right? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you, mine's a dessert. <laughs> and now my wife and kids probably already know what I'm about to say, all right? But I'm going to share that with you because the rest of you all don't know. My favorite dessert of all time is cheesecake. Man, I love cheesecake. I don't know why, but I really love cheesecake. And, and now, now, my wife might be rolling her eyes right now. She look like a little, maybe a little bit there. But, um, but you know, everywhere we go and preach, they'll know that cheesecake's my favorite dessert. I'm just telling you, because I, I keep hoping that maybe one day what's going to happen, I'm going to show back up and it's like as an agape act of like love. It's like, hey, listen, we knew you were coming because you had love cheesecake. Here you go. And if you guys ever had a chance, now listen, I. I'm going to get into this in just a minute, all right? Like, typically, like, plain cheesecake is one of my favorite things ever. I, I know that it really is, but there is there is one other cheesecake, okay? There's a woman named Miss Connie Duval in Burksville, Kentucky, that makes a white chocolate cheesecake. It's, mm, it's yeah. It, I gained five pounds thinking about it, but it's really good. I mean, I'm telling y'all. But it's one of my favorite desserts. I mean, listen, if I go to Dairy Queen... I get, the, I get the Royal New York Cheesecake Blizzard. Y yes, yes, she's with me. Yes, amen, praise God. And then if I, if I go to Cracker Barrel, listen, I don't know if you, if, you, if you have not tried these yet. They make some cheesecake stuff pancakes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it's, it's the only thing I want. I mean, I'll just go get it now. I ate it, and I, I, I kind of felt like I was sinning because I liked it so much. I'm just being honest. <laughs> it was so good. But let me be honest with you, though. Listen, I know some people, when you think of cheesecake, you instantly start thinking, man, you know what I love? I love cheesecake with cherries on top. Or I love cheesecake with blue blueberries or, or strawberries. No, I'm not knocking that, except for cherries. I don't like cherries on, on, on hardly anything. Um, I'll eat them plain, but no cherries on top. But it's just not as good. You're taken away from it. Because... You really are. With cheesecake, there's really, there's no toppings needed. Just a plain cheesecake, it's really, it is. Just, it's just, the original is best. You know, sometimes we like to add to things that don't need to be added to. We really do. I mean, maybe we, we, we think, you know what? I really like this. I think maybe I could mix this with it or add this to it. And we try to make it better. That's really where we're going to be at today. We're going to be in a place of Scripture where Paul's seriously addressing this idea. 
We don't need to add to. We don't need to take away from. The original is the best. And in this case, it's the only one. Church, today we're going to examine what is best, what is the only way, and how it relates to us. And by the end of this, I hope that you, I hope every one of us have had to let this, let God's word speak to us in such a way that it causes all of us to self-examine where we are right now in this moment. That we would get out of everything that we, every preconceived notion, everything that we thought we know, and we just, and we would be willing to let God search our hearts. Can we do that? Amen. Let's read scripture today. It's going to be up on the screen. Praise the Lord. If you, so if you don't have it, I read out the NASB translation. It's, so I know not everybody has it, so we're going to have it on the screen. But if you would like to follow along in your Bibles, please open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. And we're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to read down to verse 12. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Now I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are dis disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. And we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For I would have known, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor I was taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Y'all pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, your word speaks. And it's so relevant even to us now. It's alive and active. Father, I pray that, Lord, right now in this moment, God, that you would empty everything that's in of me that's in me, God, out. And, Lord, you would just open up heaven and fill me with your spirit. God, that you would give me the ability to speak this with clarity and truth, Lord, the way that you showed it to me. And, God, for those who are listening, Father, I pray that I pray, God, that they hear, hear it straight from you and your voice. And, Lord, they, they, Lord they, they don't just hear it from your voice, Lord. They, they see it come, come from your, straight from your face, God, that's filled with all the love and the, 
and the grace and the mercy that you have, God, that you, Lord, that you not bring us condemnation or, or anything like that, but God, you just want the best for us. And that best is you and what you have said from the beginning. Lord, I love you so much. We love you. We thank you, God, for your presence here today. Every way, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, let me give you a little bit of intro, a little background of where we're at here, okay? Um, if, if you look at the, the book of Galatians, uh, the book of Galatians wasn't written to a single church. It says that right at the beginning of it, okay? It says, it's written to the churches of Galatia. Now, now, Paul had been a Christian for about 12 years, and he'd been, and he'd, when he planted these churches, now think about that for a minute. I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I, I mean, hear myself, right? Right? This dude been Christian for 12 years. He's already planting churches, okay? Not, not a church, churches. But he'd been gone from them for about two years. And what had happened was within that two-year period, there's like, there like a group of uh, a Jewish people that come in behind them, good, loving people that, that were just loving God the best way they knew how, right? But they came with a different message. And they said, listen, what you're doing, what Paul's told you, it's good, it's right, but it's not enough. See, but is typically one of my favorite words in the Bible because usually I like the word but God, you know, but then, but but this time, Paul has came. He's gave them the truth. They've received the truth. They have they have churches in this region of Galatia, which is what we now know as modern day Turkey. Okay, and there's these churches, and he begin and he realizes, and he hears back that they have began to go away from the gospel. They began to not believe that Paul was all that he said he was, all that he said he is, and they began to wonder, maybe maybe what I heard a long time ago wasn't the full truth. Now, I asked Nick how long Summersville has been around, right? I'm really surprised. Had, um... He's not here today, so I, um, yeah, 1937 in this building since 1957. That's a long time. Way older than me, okay? I don't know how long you guys have been Christians. I don't. Some of you were not like me. Some of you have probably had this beautiful opportunity to grow up in the church. There's a, there's a, testimony of faithfulness there to, to, from, from your parents and to your grandparents and stuff like that. I did not grow up in the church. I didn't. But some of you might have been a Christian your whole life almost by default because that's what you, you grew up in it and you heard it and at some point in time through your life you accepted Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I'm willing to bet and, I, and, and listen Nazarenes don't really bet, right? We don't gamble. But I can almost know without, without a doubt that if you've been a Christian long enough, you've heard some other th extra biblical things. And some of those things you might have kind of fought with 
and struggled with and wrestled with. So verse 1 and 2, I'm just going to, listen, I'm just going to preach my way through this scripture, okay? Is, is that okay? Can, that, that okay with everybody? Praise the Lord. <laughs> we all right doing that. Verse 1 and 2, uh, this is not where we're going to stay at, but I want to include it in here because it's kind of what I, I sort of hit the background here. Paul needs to go ahead and remind them, hey, listen, listen, I don't know what you've heard about me, but I'm an apostle, okay? I was, I'm not trying to brag on who I am or anything like that, but I wasn't ordained by man. I wasn't, I wasn't called by man. I wasn't, I wasn't called by a board of people. I wasn't, God himself showed up and showed me revelation. I mean, when when he showed up in such a way, I mean, I fell to my knees. He blinded me for, blinded for three days he called me and told me, this is a mission. And so what I told you is the truth. You can believe it. You can know it. You can hold on to it and you can grip it. You can take it to the bank, okay? It, it, listen, there's been far too many times that we've heard the truth and we've allowed, we've allowed that truth get, to get distorted and we begin to say, well, I don't know if he really knew what he was talking about. Because... That's exactly what Satan does, by the way, too. It goes all the way back to, to the Garden of, of Eden. He takes God's words, and what he does, he twists them. And, and listen, one of the greatest truths I ever heard was this right here. Sometimes the thing that comes out of my mouth will be twisted before it ever hits your ears. That's the absolute truth. And, and if there's ever a time that you hear something in, in, that come out of my mouth and you go, man, preacher, I don't know about that. Please do me a favor. Don't walk out of these doors thinking that very thing. You come up to me and you say, hey, preacher, can we talk about that? I don't know what you're saying was, was right or not. Because if you walk out of, of, of a place like this and, and God's, this is, listen. If we can't have freedom in God's house, are we ever going to have freedom out there in the world? Ever. If we can't pray for people in God's house, are we ever going to pray for someone out in the world? No, we're not. We're just not going to do it. I don't mean to sound mean or anything like that, but that's just the truth. This is the training ground. This is where we come to get filled back up. This is where we come to, to not just fill, be filled back up with God's word, but we come in here to fill each other up, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to, to carry each other's burdens. We are the gathering people. This is a gathering place. This building isn't the church. We might call this Summersville Church of the Nazarene, but the reality is you are the church of the Nazarene here. You're the church. You're God's bride. This is just a gathering place. I'm going way off my message. I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise God. I shouldn't have stepped away from my notes, but I'm. We're, let's just go. Be good. <laughs> and so again, he he's preaching to the churches. Okay, this is not just a single church. He hears this and he's singing. He's sending this out to an entire region of people, and he says. And in verse 3, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that, by the way. That's one of the ways that Paul opens up every single one of his letters. Do you know why I love that so much? Because I cannot give you grace and peace. 
I really can't. Grace and peace really only comes from one place. Real grace and peace comes from Jesus Christ. And, I, and, and part of the problem here is, is you're going to find is what we do is we look for grace and peace everywhere else but Jesus. And Jesus is our last resort, not our first resort. Okay? What we do is we, we go, man, I, I, I'm just feeling down or whatever else. And then you, what do you do? You'll grab I know what'll happen. You might grab your phone. Next thing you know, you're like an hour into Facebook reels or something like that. You're watching videos after video after video. But what you really should do is grab your Bible and say, God, I'm having a really bad day. I need you to speak to me. Lord, if I open up, open up your word, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you give me the life that I need? God, would you show me where I need to go? Would you tell me what I need to do? But what we do is we go, we call somebody and we begin to tell them about how bad of a day we are. And then you get an amen, hallelujah crowd behind you because what they're doing is like, yeah, you're right. You had a terrible day. You know what you should do. You should start just start. You should just go in there and quit your job or you should go ahead and leave your husband because he's no good anyway. Instead, what we need is we need godly people inside of us, godly people around of us. And Lord, we need God's word. We need to sit sometimes and just praise God. We need to pray, get in his, get in his presence and we need to listen to him. And there, there we will find Grace and peace. Real grace. Real peace. Because if not, we'll get filled up with something and be empty, empty as soon as it hits us. I heard this great quote the other day, and I don't even know who said it, so I'm, I, can't, I, can't, I can't give them you know, credit for it, but it said... The human heart is a very small thing. And the world is a great big place, and yet none of it can fill up the heart. But Jesus, Jesus came. And Paul begins to tell him. He gives him this really short version of what the gospel really is, right? It's Jesus who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God, our Father, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Jesus gave himself so that we might be rescued from what? From sin! We don't have to live in sin anymore. We don't, have to look, we don't have to let this evil age, we don't have to let any of those things like hold us down. None of it. Because God rescued us. God gave himself for that very thing. And most of us, we just need to learn to live in that, to rest in it, to walk in it, to just, just know, know that we know that we know that God gave himself for us. Whom be the glory forever and more. Amen. Mm. Verse 6 and 7. He says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another 
Only there are some who are disturbing you and, and, and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Listen, I, I'm going to say this again. I, I want you to get this. If you get anything else, listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ is very, very simple. It really is. Jesus came to earth to be what we couldn't be so we could become who he, who, who he, who he was. It's very simple. He came, he lived, and he lived a sinless life, lived about 33 years. He died, he rose three days later, defeated death. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We don't need to add or take away from this. We don't. It's a simple truth. And most of us, there's far too often that we think, man, I don't really know if God loves me. We'll start hearing this truth. And next thing you know, we're hearing everything the enemy says about us. And then we start, that becomes our identity instead of what God says. God says you're saved. God says, listen, you're my son. You're my son. I love you. I want to empower you. I want to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm living inside of you. Would you just live inside of that truth instead of listening to the ones like, I'm not worthy enough. I haven't been, I haven't been a Christian long enough. There's no way I could teach somebody, right? Can I tell you something? Your weakness, is made, your weakness <laughs> that, that allows him to be stronger inside of you. If you would just be bold and you would be brave and you would just step out into what he's called you to do. But there's far too many of us that we shrink back when, when God calls us to do something because we don't think we can do it. But it's so simple. It really is. It's the simplest thing. All we have to do is just have faith. I mean, listen. If I can get on a roller coaster and believe that I'm going to come out alive on the other end of that, <laughs> I'm just being honest with y'all. Like, I, if you ever if you ever sit at, in the line of a roller coaster and watch those things go, and you're like, I don't think so. No, <laughs> negative. <laughs> Not a fan of roller coasters. In case y'all didn't know, um, I'll do it. No, no, no. Not a big fan. My kids, on the other hand, um, yeah. They love them. Um, they're, they're, they're adrenaline junkies. Paul goes on to say this. He says, listen, let, let, me, let me make this a little bit clearer for you, okay? Even if an angel shows up, I don't care if an angel comes out of heaven. And which, by the way, if you saw an angel, you'd know it. If it's a biblical angel, it would scare you to death. You know, hope <laughs> but I believe we have some angels walking among us. But scripture says so we don't know about. All right. That, I don't know if they, all, they can't all look the same. But, but even if an angel shows up, or even if I showed up and started and started telling you something different than you heard before, what you've accepted before, that Christ is your Savior, that you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. If, if, if you start hearing something different than that from somebody else, that person is to be accursed. I mean, far too often 
we hear and we see really charismatic people. We begin to follow and listen exactly what they say because everything that comes out of, your, out of their mouth sounds, I mean, it just sounds beautiful. It just really does. But the thing is, this doesn't, doesn't take an overly educated person to be able to tell you that, that God came as a baby, lived a sinless life, about 33 years, died on the cross for our sins, you know, rose three days later, defeated death, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us all the time. That's the gospel, you guys. And all that we have to do is believe and repent. Believe that he is the Savior. Repent repent of, of our sins. And, and repenting is such a simple word. Some of y'all, some of y'all don't, we don't, we don't say repent on a normal basis. You, hey, 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 hey kids, young guys, you, we don't talk about repent real often, okay? Do you know what repentance means? It means you're walking this way and you go, well, I'm going to go this way now because what's back that way is not the way I need to go. That's all it is. And I got great news for you. God allows you turns all the time. Sometimes, listen, it, it's, a, it's, a narrow, it's a narrow path, by the way, to heaven. And so sometimes what we do is we find ourselves walking that narrow path. And what we do, because we're people, we're fallible. I don't care if you, if you are an entirely sanctified individual. And sanctification is a lifelong process, by the way. So you can find yourself messed up and because of life circumstances or the wrong decisions. Or maybe you have bought into the wrong thing. Because there's never a point in your life that you don't have free will. God, listen, nothing can pluck you out of God's hands. But God doesn't stop you from stepping out of his hands, okay? And so, listen, if you're walking along and you find yourself on the wrong path, God allows you turns. Praise the Lord. Everybody want to hand clap or say amen. Praise God about that right there. I'm telling you right now, God allows you turns. <laughs> thank God for thank God for a U-turn, okay? I, I came, listen, I, I, came, I came to faith a long time ago. I got called to preach in 2002. It took me 14 years to really answer it. I had short legs. I couldn't outrun God. But praise the Lord. <laughs> but praise God. Praise God that he allowed me to, to turn around and say, okay, God. You know what I mean? Okay, God, I'm sorry. Romans eleven twenty nine. If y'all ever want to know, that's, that, that was my life's verse for the gifts for the gifts of God, for the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. You haven't messed up enough to mess up God's plans. By the way, you're not that powerful. Whew. Nine. Says the exact same thing. Listen, I don't care. I'm going to say it one more time. If you hear anything else, anything else, that person's to be accursed. I'm to be accursed for that matter. Says, For am I seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men? Will I still be a bondservant of Christ? Can I tell you that preaching was not my first choice of things that I'd want to do? It really wasn't. I was like, God, are you sure? <laughs> really, Lord? <laughs> I mean, teaching is like way easier for me. 
I wish I could sing. I'd love to sing, but I'm just not good at it unless I'm in my car and the radio's turned up real loud. No one's around. My point is this, is that God is saying, listen, or Paul's saying this, the same, same exact thing. I'm telling you the truth. I benefit really. I mean, spiritually, yes, I'm, I'm so blessed. I really am. Paul was under persecution constantly. He's like, listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you this for any other reason. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing what God's telling me to do. This is what Christ is telling me to do. I don't know why God sent me on this message for you all, but this is what God told me to tell you. We don't need to add or take away from the gospel. We don't need to add or take away from it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. There's no, you don't need anything more than Jesus and the presence of God in your life. You really don't. Because, listen, we say that sometimes when we start getting it, we start getting all theological in our brains. We think, well, what about this, this, and this? Listen, can I tell you something? It's not my job. It's not your job to clean anybody up. Jesus made his fishers of men. We love them, and then he cleans them up. I was loved into the kingdom. I showed up at a church, and I had a bunch of people just love me. They loved me the way that I was, and I was loved into the kingdom. Can I tell you, when, when, I, was first, when I was first saved, I'm going to be honest with you, I had someone scare the hell out of me. They came in, and they preached, they, they preached one of those messages, and it scared the hell out of me, but it didn't keep me. It's only the love of God that will keep people. If we can't learn to love people the way that God loves them, we, we won't keep them there. We, listen, conviction is never condemnation. It's just gentle correction. That's all it is. We're not called to do any of that. God does it. You need Jesus. Give them the presence of Jesus, the love of Jesus. And if you give them that consistently, God will clean them up. God will convict them. God will change them around. And all they have to do is be open to what he's saying. That's it. It's so simple. We put so much work and so much pressure on ourselves, but it's never been about us to begin with. All we have to do is be willing to speak. Hey, I see you're really struggling. Can I pray for you? I went through something similar like that. I, I can't tell you how many times. If God's brought you through something, by the way, it, it wasn't just for you. It's so you could help. You could tell someone that Jesus, how Jesus brought you through it. And he could also bring them through it. Because if God does it for you, he'll do it for somebody else. We're not special. God didn't save you for you. I mean, we're special in his eyes, but you know what I mean? We can't ever look down on people. We have to, if, if, if we're looking down on people, it better be to, hand, to put a hand out to hand them up. That's the gospel. It really is. To, to love people the way, to love people as Christ loved us. You can believe this. Because 
for I neither received it from man, nor was I really taught it. I received this from Christ. I'm nothing special. I'm really not. I'll tell you a story. A real short one here, but Again, I came to faith in like 2002, okay? But I'll just be honest with you. For, for a very long time, I just ran away from church after that. I mean, I knew. I knew who God, I knew that Jesus was real, but I just really didn't understand it. Didn't have a real relationship with him. And there's a, there's a huge difference between like believing in Jesus and knowing Jesus, Right? And so I didn't, I wasn't studious, <laughs> didn't really read about, about him a whole lot. I didn't talk about him a whole lot or anything like that. And when I finally showed up, this church had just loved me, right? It was all the United Church of the Nazarene. They just loved me right where I was at. That love gave me boldness about who God was. But I really didn't know the details, okay? I really didn't understand the details fully. But the boldness done something inside of me that I can't explain to you other than knowing it had to be supernatural. When I tell you that this is not for me, that I received this from Christ, yes, I'm an ordained elder now. And yes, I study a lot. I read a lot now. But there was times in my life that all I had this boldness. I would open my mouth up and things would come out of my mouth that I didn't really know. And I want to tell you this morning that if you would dare, I dare you to have boldness for Christ in your life in such a way that you would open your mouth up when you hear that little still small voice say, hey, say something to them. Hey, would you walk over and ask them if they're having a good day because I know they're not. It's so simple. And God will give you words. God will give you things to say that you didn't even know you had to say. And it'll come out clearer than anything else. And you'll walk away and you go, whoa. I know. I know, I know, I know this is real because it's happened to me way too many times. When Jesus ascended to the Father. He looked at the 12 disciples and said, just go. Preach this message to all the nations. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I wonder what it would look like if we would take that seriously this morning. 
We wouldn't add or take away. Listen, can I, can I tell you that, and I don't want to beat up on the church too much because I love the bride, all right? Don't you dare talk bad about my wife. I'll, we'll, we'll talk, we will talk about that, okay? Um, I know the bride is, 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 the church is Jesus' bride, so I don't want to beat up on the church too much. But what we've done far too often is we said, well, we've always done it this way. Well, I really like doing it this way, or if we do it any, if we do something other than that. See, we've added to. And that kind of takes away from the simplisticness of it. And that's all Paul's talking about right here. He says, listen, if someone else does that to you, they're to be a curse. And that might sound really harsh, but that's just the love of God because he cares about your salvation, and so do I. 